0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Chris Canty in for key today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Check us out on ESPNU up to 10 a.m. Eastern. Aaron Rodgers speaks today. As Pat McAfee will let you know on social media. At 1 p.m. to Pat McAfee what will we hear is he is he just going to be like yes i'm going to the jets or is he going to string us along i hope he strings us along tell you the truth free content best content creator of the you know last several years meantime uh nba mvp jokic seemed to be headed almost cruising towards his third MVP, consecutive MVP, even though he's not in a lot of people's top five in any of those seasons, right? But was about to win his third MVP. But, listen, you know how in a fight it could be close and competitive, but you're like, yes, but one guy was the decisive winner because he's winning every round by a little bit? That's how I feel it is right now. I don't know about Jokic. Well, I I do know about it, and I don't think it's Jokic. Anyway, this is my tear pressure And the way it works is one guy's in the first tier, two guys are in the second tier, three guys are in the third tier, pyramid style. Tier pressure from this just in yesterday. Here's tier three. Tatum, Lillard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Here's tier two. Giannis, and I would put him second, Jokic third. And in Tier 1 right now, the best, the, the guy who deserves the MVP is Joel Embiid. Not only are his numbers as good as anybody's, right? He's a better defensive player than Jokic, obviously. You can, le- you can do whatever you want with defensive box plus, ridiculous. Obviously, everyone agrees he's a way better defensive player yep. than Jokic. He's just as good an offensive player. You want to say Jokic is a little better, whatever. Head-to-head head he gets Jokic. I don't see the argument against Embiid from Jokic. I think Giannis has the best argument against Embiid. All right, so there it is. That's my MVP tiers. These rankings are brought to you by Dell for small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today eight seven seven ASK DELL. Have at it,
2: Jay. Have
0: at what? The the the, t- the list. I mean, so you have crowned Joel Embiid as of right now, even though it's fluid as your MVP at this moment. I got no yes. problem with it. Um, you know, as long as it's not some of the well. You know, Jokic has won it too many times, so I'd rather give it to Joel Embiid because well, he hasn't won it. I'm like, that doesn't... Uh, there's a little I, bit of that. Yeah, but I... I that, that, no, not Jokic. Giannis. I'm, Giannis has won it too yeah. many times. Yeah, See, like, 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 they, like there's fatigue.
1: Giannis won it a couple times. like, ah, let's give it to I, Jokic. He won it a couple times. It's Embiid's turn. I think there. are uh, uh, Embiid doesn't need that against Jokic. He's he's having a better year than Jokic by a little bit. But
0: I against Giannis, I think he needs a little of that. Despise. And I hate more than anything in life yeah. from somebody who's a competitor when awards are given out because somebody has won it too much. Yeah, I agree. Get over it. Yeah. This award is for the best player in the game. If the best player in the game wins it nine times, then so be it, LeBron James. Should have won it multiple times more. Michael Jordan should have won it multiple times more. But this whole thing about voter fatigue Get the hell out of here with
3: Get
1: that. Get out of here with that. Give it to the dude who is that dude. <laughs> but do you think Giannis is decisively better than Embiid like, right to now? To me,
0: I think Giannis has a slight edge. All right, slight. A slight edge. Barely on Joel Embiid just because they're number one in the Eastern Conference. Like it, And by the way, he's done it without – and I, I give a little bit more of an edge to Giannis just because not having Chris Middleton, even though I, I respect Drew Holiday, you can look at them as a big three, not having Chris Middleton for 25 games big and some of the – yeah, astronomical games. Giannis has had and Joel Embiid has had astronomical games too. Same with Jokic, but I think for him to carry his team to the top of the Eastern Conference, Chris, as I can't of right argue now, with Jay if he wants to there's put there's a y- slight edge for me. If he
1: that. wants to put Giannis, even though I think one, the numbers slightly skew in Joel Embiid's favor, if you want to put Giannis one and yo and, and, and Embiid two, I'm not going to argue too strenuously against that. I would have Embiid one and Giannis two, but I get it. The, the ish, and this is not a reaction because Jokic has already won it twice for me. I really believe the lack of defense moves him below the other two guys. Where are you with this?
2: Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I mean, I don't care about Jokic being first in defensive box plus minus because I saw what the Toronto Raptors did to Jokic last night at Scotiabank Arena. They were actively searching him out in the half-court sets in order to explo- exploit Jokic's lack of defensive prowess. So he is a liability, not a net neutral, a liability on the defensive end. And when we're talking about giving out MVPs, I want a guy that can impact the game on both ends of the court. And you clearly get that from and Joel Embiid. I would probably lean toward Embiid just because I didn't think that he would be able to repeat what we saw last year and leading the league with scored, and the guy has only gotten better when it comes to his offensive efficiency. So I would probably lean toward Embiid, but I'm with you. I think Embiid and Giannis are right there. I would have Jokic third. Jay, you said something that was interesting to me. You talked about the voter fatigue, and the MVP award is really a big component in terms of how we judge a lot of players in the annals of NBA history. How much of not wanting to give Jokic or anybody else you know, consecutive MVPs has to do with not wanting to put guys in the same stratosphere as Larry Bird and some of the other all-time greats that have won the award two or three consecutive times?
0: I mean, look, I, I always look at historical context, CC, and the numbers speak for themselves. I, I don't think looking at some of the historical greats who have done it uh, that I that would make me dismiss putting Jokic in that conversation if I didn't think he was going to live up to the altitude or the height of those historical greats, if that makes no, sense. No, I'm
2: asking if the voters would do that, though. I'm asking I'm, do you well, think the, pro- the voters would do that?
0: That's the problem with the voting. It's it's, it's it's subjective. Like, there is no set criteria on who the MVP should be. And, and, by the way, that fluidity is the problem with it because it feels like each year that goalpost is moved. You know, is it like and that's why we came up with our own criteria that we're going to go through eventually, where it's like, all right, let's set some standards here that each and every year we can have these marks and we can work off these marks instead of one mark, meaning more one year than another. Right. Is it about games played? Like, do you factor that into it? How many games if it's about games played? So, like, you should dig into some more details. Well, that's where
1: Jokic has them. He's been a little more durable.
0: Well, that's what was with Joel Embiid the year before, right? Joel Embiid was hurt. Same thing. Jokic has been a little more
1: durable, period, than Embiid, and so you could argue if it's that close, then the guy who plays more games, since it's stupidly a regular season award, um, you know, with no,
0: but no that's the same this year. Considered. Same this year. Joel Embiid's played 54. But, right. So Giannis but, has played 53. Right, as opposed to Jokic's 60. But I would still say if you
1: can't defend to the extent that that, that, Giannis, that sorry, that Jokic can't defend. And you're talking about a guy who defends at the level Embiid does, which I know it's hard for a modern center to be a great defender, but yep. insofar as he's a wide-body seven-footer, he's excellent. And, and then Giannis, come on. You're not making that up by playing a few extra games because, I, I, because the high-leverage moments, you know, which is what an MVP needs to be able to perform in, that's going to factor in.
0: Yeah. I, I do want to dispel something that I heard yesterday, and I, I am in agreement with people on this show about... Look, I, I think Jokic, even though like defensive win shares are the same, I think sometimes metrics can can skew you differently because they're the same as Joel Embiid. But they're not that's the same defensive player. They're not. No. Joel Embiid is a better defensive player. But I think everyone but
1: recognizes me... that defensive metrics are not accurate at capturing defensive value. Not to the extent offensive ones are. And that's here's case study number one. Right?
0: Agreed. But I was going to get into the fact that Jokic leads the NBA and kicked balls. Have you, have you heard about this? Like, it, it was something that really happened the other day. Jokic has 45 kick-ball violations this year. He leads the league. Number two has 17, right? So, Sounds like a stat that Draymond would lead the league in. Yeah, but you know what? Like, <laughs> yeah. As I agree that Jokic yeah. isn't the same type of defender as Joel Embiid or Giannis, like, to me, like, this is not an indication of that because, like, that's just a smart play sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, that's a very... Sometimes if you see a pass, just give it a kick. Stop the play. Do you understand? Like, I, don't, I don't think that deems as Orge or are you out of position defensively? Oh, well, oh sure, but a lot of times <laughs> players are out of position defensively, right? But do they result in kick balls because it's only seventeen? If there's a whole bunch of players out of position all the time, no, so, I agree with you. I mean, you could be out of position, but like you know, like Joel B is not always in great defensive position. He can recover quicker though, but are like they, his skills are better in that. Are, in that they hunt, are they hunting? Pick balls. No, Nobody's are they, are they hunting, hunting Joel Embiid Joel Embiid and, no. and, and oh, no, Giannis that's, that's, and pick and rolls and when, hints, when it matters most. No. Hints is why I have Jokic third on my list right no. now, Alan Gates. I'm just asking for the people, you know. You know but, nice, but, but here, here's here's the other
1: thing about Jokic. I think this is when the backlash started. When it looked like he was going to run away with his, with his third consecutive MVP. The guys who have done that in the past, like Larry Bird was, and I know now it's like Larry or Magic. I'm just telling people who lived through that era. That really was not a thing. Larry Bird was considered the best player in the NBA by quite a bit. And, in fact, his competition was probably Moses Malone, even though Malone was starting to get older, right? Like, but that was the guy who Larry took it over from, really. And, and, but the point is, he won three in a row. Larry Bird is one of the very greatest players ever. He was always considered either the best or, in certain years, maybe the second best player in the league. <laughs> Jokic has never been considered the best player in the league by anyone, usually not in most people's top three, Oftentimes, floating in and out of most people's top five. Has Joel so Embiid how been in do you your top wind three? Up? Joel Embiid, no. I okay. would say for most people, has he been he has. in your top five? Yes. Really? When? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah.
0: When? Yeah. Uh, last, last couple of years. years say, well, no, I'm asking you to tell me when has Joel Embiid it, been in your top five players in the league? Give me your top five players in the league. Right now, you want him? I mean, sure. I, you're the one I was I telling say, me he's been in I would top say, five. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. But when I'm
1: saying over the last. Three or four years, Embiid is, has been oftentimes in my top five. What can I tell you? Like, I don't know how – when you say when, you want the date? No, I, I, I,
0: I never <laughs> remember hearing <laughs> you say that Joel Embiid's been top five in the league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just don't recall that. That's oh. a, I'm, just, I'm just pinning you down saying, on it. We we're, were talking about right. it. Because I think Joel Embiid's one of the most gifted players in the league. I, I, I have not said he's top five. I haven't really? said he's top five.
2: Really? Max, I mean, he's trying to pin year. you down like his collar on his vest. I'm, I'm just I'm just asking. I'm, I'm sorry, I, Max. I, couldn't I mean, guess, it's one
0: thing when you just say, yeah, he's been top five. I'm asking you, like, when yeah. you have named Joel Embiid top five. Well, who do you put I, him over? I'm just curious. Received how do I Max. answer that
1: question? How would you like? you want the date or like what? Yes, I have oftentimes on this show mentioned Joel Embiid as a top five player. Absolutely. And in fact, the guys who – and now, does he – is he top three? No. Does he also float in and out of my top five? Yes, because there's one guy, LeBron James, who until very recently was holding down the top spot. Another guy in KD. Are you who, putting him over
0: Giannis? Nope. Are you putting him over Steph? No. Are you putting him over Kevin Durant? No. You putting him over LeBron? Right
1: now it gets tricky, but no. All right, just asking. But but th- those just are those are the four. However, if you like, do I put Giannis over KD? No, I don't. But he, is, who's the best player in the league? Giannis because KD's not available enough. LeBron's not Fair. available enough. So, like so MB, availability matters. So Jokic at, is always available. Y- yes, he is. And that gives him some extra credit. So if you said who's the best player in basketball, I think everyone would say Giannis. But if you said when healthy, who's the best player in basketball, to me it's KD. And by the way, it ain't that close. But okay. So, so like Embiid basically plays most of full seasons, right, since he had a slow start with injury to start his career. And as mm-hmm. a result, someone who I might like when he's healthy more, like KD or LeBron, I can't put ahead of him. Luca. It's a good one because Luca. Yep. a worse defender. Luca's a worse defender than Jokic. He is awful. But man, when he has that ball in his hands, boy, we did see Luca in the a, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he's last a year.
0: bad dude. He's a bad <laughs> yeah. dude. So like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Just start throwing like, and, and yeah, by, so I so dude, Chris. Here, Here's here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say live. Yeah, so like, is. Alan Gates is my boy. Mm-hmm. Alan Gates in the show, we talk hoops almost. I call him every day, pretty much. We talk in hoops. The one thing I always use as a caveat, the thing that I think works against Joel and beat that shouldn't work against him, is the fact that this lack of productivity in the playoffs which a lot of it is centered around Doc Rivers, man. It's about how he's utilized. And you start seeing how the offense in Michael Malone is ran through Jokic every possession. How the offense is ran through Giannis every possession. How the offense is ran through Luka every possession. Like KD drops in and out because his talent is overall the best skill set in the game. How the offense is ran through LeBron. And I'm wondering when Doc Rivers is going to make that thing to make the offense run through Joel Embiid.
1: And Embiid... As as diverse as his skills are on offense and defense, by by historical standards, he's less of a bring the ball up big guy right? than even Jokic, but especially Jan. It shouldn't work against him. And
2: Embiid was at the
4: mercy of Ben Simmons and
2: or James Harden in postseason's guys. Let's (laughs) not forget that, too. That's a great point.
4: Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric E Bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America.
2: Um, Keisha, hey, You I'm look sure. like you just had a moment, Jay. Come on, man. Reminded me of Spanish Harlem. I had you some think, days. You think about your
0: those Spanish Harlem <laughs> nights? <laughs> Is that Jay Will up here in Harlem? <laughs> <laughs> Is he from Jersey? K,
2: that's, J, the F- Bo- that's the board of supremacy. Yeah, okay, there you go.
1: Presented by board Progressive supremacy. Insurance.
2: <laughs> so while we're talking,
1: you know, it's sad. While we're talking about... Is he better than this guy? Is he better than that guy? And we're, you know, oh my God, who's the face of the league and who should be MVP and who's having the best season and who's top three and who's top five? Man, the guy who should be in the middle of all of those conversations isn't even playing basketball right now and he's not injured physically, right? John ja Morant, who I thought was the future of the league. I still, he still has a legit chance to be. He might because of what's happening right mm-hmm. now. He might. But John Morant, who people, oh, he's AI, he's this, he's that. I always looked at him like, he reminds me of Jordan. The way, you know, smaller, obviously, but the way he hangs up in the air and everyone else, one, two, three, comes down, but he's still somehow walking on the air. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He had a, a, apparently limitless future on a good young team, by the way. And now, all of a sudden, just like that. Will we see him the rest of this year? Here is Mark J. Spears, Anscape senior writer on the Hoop Collective, about Jaw's status.
0: My prayers to him, man, that he that he figures it out. There's things I'm hearing that I, I'd rather probably not say on this yeah, podcast don't, don't, about. Yeah, yeah don't about, get out over your skis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I hope he's taking care of himself. I don't. I'm not really worried about the basketball part for him right now, man. I'm I'm worried about the human part and that when he does come back. He's, he's healthy mentally and physically, man. Like, I'm, I'm, my, my guess now, if I was, you know, not that you bet on this, that I, he doesn't play the rest of the season as he takes care of himself.
1: Now, Jaws had a confrontation with a high school kid, and he flashed a gun at a club, and he broadcasted it on his own social media, which was idiotic. But maybe it was a cry for help because the the upshot is, the result of it is, he is in counseling, and gone for indefinitely, right? Jay, maybe this it, 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 the, the, the kind of blessing in disguise here is that because he is in counseling and, and whatever the issue is, he can always point that and say, hey, I'm, you know, even if he's in too deep in something he shouldn't be in, he can always point to that and say, look, I have a career and this is what they're telling me to do. Um, he hasn't been charged with anything. you know. Maybe he can still get it together.
0: You mean for his career? Yes. Yeah, he can get it together for his career. Look, the door should still be wide open on John Morant to be the face of the NBA. You know why? We love redemption stories. Like This society loves to build people up, break you down, to build you back up again. And the reason why we love redemption stories, in particular a chance for it to be John Morant's redemption story, is because he decided to address it head on. In his statement, there's accountability. And it's one of the conversations we've been having around March Madness. I had it yesterday on CNN with Chris Wallace, J. Billis, Kenny Smith, and we heard Charlie Baker talk about the transfer portal. You know my issue with the transfer portal is? If I hold you accountable, you could just leave. Oh, well, this coach told me to do this, and he's treating me too harshly. I'm out of here. And that's the problem with society. It's the reason why companies have issues with the retention rates. Right with employees because I didn't get a bonus fast enough. I'm out of here. People aren't willing to face adversity and work through it. So for me, what I see with John Morant is the opportunity to face adversity head on. And I agree with Mark J. Smears. There are things that I've heard that I'm not going to say on this show that he needs to address, and I'm glad he's allocating the time to do that, Chris Canty, because a lot of times what happens with young athletes is because of the money, because of the fame, because of the success that we have on the field or on the court, it keeps covering up these issues that constantly we see people addressing because guess what? We like winning. As long as you win, everything else will take care of itself. And what's happening is John and his team now are saying, no, 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 winning doesn't cure all. I have to address these things so these bad habits change. And I know that when I start winning – I won't revert back to these bad habits because I need to change who I am. So, yes, I think we will reward a Ja Morant redemption story if he gets back to the heights of who we know he can be basketball-wise.
2: Yeah, that, that's well said, Jay. And first and foremost, I'm glad he's getting the help that he needs in order to you know fix the issues that are going on in his personal life so he can be the best version of himself on and off the court. Now, what I will also say is, well done is better than well said. Mm. And I'm going to need to see that from Ja Morant. But in the interim, I think both the player, the team, and the league, they're all doing the right thing here. Ja Morant getting the help he needs should be the priority. But Ja Morant also being held accountable and not being on the basketball court is also important, if for no other reason You're sending a message to the rest of the NBA and to all of the kids that are watching and aspiring to be like Ja Morant and other superstars in the NBA that this type of behavior is unacceptable. I don't understand why Ja Morant was dry snitching on himself with the gun in the club. I don't get that. I don't understand it. But again, you're talking about some issues that he's dealing with in his personal life. Now, when it comes to the road back to being one of the faces of the league, it's a long road ahead of him. Powerade dropped him as a sponsor. Nike is continuing their relationship, but they're probably putting a pause on their release of that signature shoe. Like we, We're going to have to see Ja Morant and the changes that he's made in his personal life and the fruit of that before we're going to buy into him being one of the faces of the league. He's already a star player. He's a really good basketball player, but being one of the faces of the league is not just about being good on the basketball court. It's being good for business. And what John Morant did, the behaviors that he's exhibited over the past year and a half with multiple incidents in brandishing a gun, it's hard to say that that behavior is good for business. Think back to 2009 when the NBA decided, hey, we're going to take Gilbert Arenas off the court for 50 games. You're not going to see him for the rest of the regular season. Why? Because he's bad for business and bringing guns to a locker room. Think about what, David Stern, the former commissioner, did with Carmelo Anthony is sitting down and talking to him and saying, your behavior is not good for business. You're messing with a corporation. Well, that's what John Morant was doing with his social media post and you know, an understanding that detrimental impact to the business of the NBA. So I think there is a long road to John Morant getting back to being the face of the NBA or one of the faces, but I do think it's something that John Morant can do.
1: That's right. I think that's well said. It's, it's, it's not theoretically impossible, but it's going to take a, – there's a long, long road ahead. I will remind people, Michael Vick actually went to prison for dogfighting, came back, and was a real redemption story because everyone could tell from the way he was talking and behaving that that he had – Worked on himself, genuinely, not just paid lip service to it, and he played well. Had he played like he did with the Falcons, he'd have been an even bigger star. So Ja is still young, he's not coming back from injury, anything like that. He's still ascending, and and this country likes nothing more than a redemption story, as Jay said. Is Aaron Rodgers worth fulfilling a wish list
5: before he decided to play for your team?
4: Must be 21-plus plus and present president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: The Keyshawn, J. Will and Max podcast.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Chris Canty in for key today. Thomas Dimitrov, former NFL GM, two-time Super Bowl champion, CEO of Summer Sports is with us now. Morning, Thomas.
6: Gentlemen, how are you doing?
1: Doing well. Okay. What do you think, as a former GM, of Rodgers giving the Jets a wish list of players to target? Are you okay with that? Would you be okay with that as a GM of a team?
6: It would be tough for me, but given the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers, and I do believe he's one of the very best to play that position, you have to consider it. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. We allowed... Tony Gonzalez not to come to training camp one year, and that was a big thing for myself and Mike Smith. This is a much bigger deal. I think you have to consider it.
2: TD, how impactful is Rodgers' presence or absence throughout the offseason? Uh, is it on this young roster that the Jets have?
6: I think it's, I think it's vital. I think he is going to make the difference with this team. We all know that not only on the field but off the field, his leadership ability, his ability to take all of the younger guys in offensive line that we know is good and in a, you know, in a, in a coaching staff that we know will be thriving on his leadership. Very, very important for this team to take it to the next level. Look, I'm all for it. I know it's complicated. He's, he's holding everyone at bay. We need him in there in the New York Jetland, that's for sure. Tom,
0: you know, we had Mike Tannenbaum on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he used to be the you know former upper management for GM, the Jets, yeah. GM for the for the Nets, uh, for the Jets, excuse me, and you know, he was talking a lot about the situation that happened in Green Bay about Tom not being around in the offseason, a lot of wide receivers being young. If you are the general manager of the Jets now, if you're Joe Douglas and you're in a situation and you're looking at this, saying, okay, like we know the talent, but the leadership aspect, how would you address that to ensure that? that situation did not occur again.
6: You know, Joe Douglas, as, as anyone knows Joe, he's just a really good guy. Not only that, he's a very good football man. He has a good understanding along with his head coach. You, I, you just have to be very direct. You have to you lay the cards on the table as far as what's expected. Things were always up and, up and down there with that group in Green Bay. With, with Aaron, of course, he'd been there as long as he had been. He comes in. He's a new guy in the block a little bit in in uh, New York. If he does, and I think Joe and 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 you know, th- I, I just think they need to sit down and be very very direct and make sure again that you know not only not only with the players but also with the coaches and how he's going to treat the coaches. Look, I love what I love um, George Payton in Denver. However, I do not think you should bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers and give him an office and five parking spots. I don't believe that. I just believe you need to make sure that he is running the show as far as the player leader.
2: So- Thomas, really, really quickly, a big part of this equation is the compensation going back to the Green Bay Packers in an Aaron Rodgers trade. Now, Rodgers has gone year to year for the last several years. If you're Joe Douglas, how do you manage that? and Knowing that the Green Bay Packers are going to ask for the moon and the stars with a
6: four-time mvp that's won a championship now I was, I was talking to someone recently about this as a general manager in today's world these guys are no longer making a million dollars a year gentlemen these guys are making a lot of money i'm talking about the general managers and the head coaches a lot rides on this they are very very keen on parlaying this into more contracts of course they want to be successful and win championships number one thing But along the way, they understand that there's a lot involved here and they're going to put their butts on the line, basically, so to speak here. And they're going to understand that this is not for long, more than we all know. We've heard that many, many years. Chris, you know that this is something that a general manager has to take into consideration and he has to understand that the money needs to be spent to and the compensation needs to be spent to bring them into another level so that they can continue to win and continue to keep their 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 situation and their jobs you know, current and and strong and and look, there are all kinds of hot seat elements out there in the NFL. Believe me, I was on the hot seat every damn year of my life. That's just <laughs> the way it is. We understand that we have to do have to do what's best for the team.
1: Before we let you go, talking to Thomas Dimitrov, former NFL GM, two-time Super Bowl champion, CEO of Summer Sports. Um, Lamar Jackson is a twenty-six-year-old superstar who apparently is available, at least technically, right, if he's got the non-exclusive tag. And yet, as, f- as quick as you could blink, five teams let it leak that they're not interested in it. It-, it. They all needed quarterbacks, right? So a lot of players around the league start tweeting. Collusion. I get it. When, you know, it's very difficult to prove, but what teams should be calling for Lamar at today's deadline?
6: Well, I think, I think you know, look, I, I would go back to my, my former team. I mean, I, I know they just signed Heineke. I get that. But they are in a situation where they obviously need a quarterback, and they need a quarterback that, you know, has all levels of ability, not only to throw the ball, move the ball around. I understand. I believe they are a team that, that should be, you know, totally focused on this. That said, I understand they also are in a situation that they're finally out of their cap situation that they've been worrying about and concerned about. They have they have draft picks that they don't want to give up. So there is a back and forth in this league about this. Yes, that whole argument about collusion is something that's strong out there. Look, I do know this. One thing I do know, collusion aside, I don't even like to talk, call it collusion. There are always discussions about, you know, not having to go into a situation where you're pouring out Guaranteed money—that is the discussion we're ha- we're having right now. And all these teams—they just don't want to be sort of inconvenienced in the process of putting together their roster. Remember, gentlemen, this is this is multifaceted. yes, you think they need to get the best quarterback, but you also understand they have to change offenses for a guy like Lamar just because he's such a special case. And not only does that have to do with your coaching staff, it has to do with your entire organization. There's a lot involved here. There's a lot of money involved here. That said, again, you need a quarterback to win in this league. I think the teams that truly need need to put all of those information, all of that information and all of those concerns aside and think what's going to win them games and keep their jobs.
1: Thank you, Thomas Dimitrov, former NFL GM, for joining us this morning.
5: Thanks, Thomas. Thank you, gentlemen.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The podcast. What they really
1: want from a... Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So I asked a question mm-hmm. going into the last break. <laughs> How many people think they could throw a 10-yard pass in an NFL game? And By, by 10 yards, it doesn't, you don't have to throw the ball 10 yards down the field. You throw a 2-yard pass, a guy you know, picks up 8 yards after the catch.
0: I could do it. I think I can do it as long as I didn't see a guy like CeCe standing across from me. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Even if you, even if you think you could sh- get off a shovel pass, you'd have to do it before you got carted off the field in a stretcher, right? I'm just trying to tell you. And not you. Next. You are a world-class athlete, Jay. I'm talking about, you know, your average Tom, Dick, or Harry.
0: I see Chris Canty sitting next to me when he's on set, and that's without helmets. Like, that's without a helmet. That's without pads. And I'm still intimidated. Yeah. Like before, you put on all that, and then you look like you're six nine, three hundred pounds. I'm not messing with that. CC. I don't want it. Chris hasn't seen three
1: hundred pounds since he was in high school. Probably it's a three hundred. Easy, Max. See? Easy. How? Here what did goes. you easy. What did
2: you play easy. at, Chris? Uh, three thirty. And what that do you walk around with? at now? All right, we ain't got to get into all of right, that. Right. So don't all tell all me easy. You this. haven't been three hundred since
1: high school See, Stop I wasn't that. trying to call it out. See, there, so
2: just, all I'm simply saying is this, Jay. There's a lot of hitting that happens in the two seconds from when the ball is snapped to when you would throw the shovel pass. I'm just putting it out there. Like, I don't know that most people can appreciate how quickly all of that happens. Right now. Like, the reaction time is a real thing in the National Football League. That's why everybody is so focused on 10 yard splits for pass rushers and those read and react drills that they run guys through mm-hmm. when they're in Indy. Like, I, I don't know that most people would, could react quick enough to what's happening around them. To get that shovel pass off or that swing pass off for a catch and run opportunity. Yeah, by the way, then the guy has to
1: pick up eight yards after you shovel pass to you, right? Like, yeah, there's it's that. Not, part and of and it you got to
2: do it before you get
1: carted off. Pat Costello, our very own Pat Costello, believes, I think he could do Pat, you believe you can do it?
3: I do. And I, I was just informed that uh, Teddy Bruski popped into our TV control room and he saw me on camera and said, I think he could do it. So <laughs> Teddy Bruski's on my side. It's not theoretically, is it possible? It's realistically, you think you
1: can pick up 10 yards of passing offense before you got hit to the point where you could no longer play in the Uh, NFL.
2: Max, we're leaving a piece of this out, Max. Do that, throw the pass, (laughs) pick up the 10 yards, and then survive and walk off the field. (laughs) Yes, survive and walk
0: off the field.
2: Who's (laughs) to say that you won't get hit and get carted off? Like, you can throw the ball and get hit as soon as you throw. The guy pick up the 10 yards, but then you don't walk off the field. I think, so I that think has Pat's to be a saying, part of the math, too. But I think Pat's
1: saying that's fine. Could he, whether or not he got carded off the field, leave with 10 yards of passing offense on his stats?
3: Yeah, one, one for one, 12 yards and a broken leg would be my stat line. But
0: why do you think you're going to pick up 12 wow, yards okay. on one play? That's hard and to
1: by do. By the
3: way,
0: like you, you would even make it through your first like, option. Yet alone go through a progression.
3: Not only am I confident I could do it, I think I could do it without throwing a shuffle pass.
2: Okay, so that means that you're you're going, okay, what about this, though? I'm just sitting here thinking about this. What if you don't do it on your first attempt? Do you have confidence that you can survive on multiple dropbacks and get this done? Look, if
3: Kyler Murray can do it, I can do it. But what Kyler Murray's one wow, of the
2: best okay. athletes
1: to ever play football. By the way, Kyler Murray yeah, yeah. might be the Earth's greatest athlete. <laughs> like you know, yeah, he Pat, he got Pat, drafted sixth, sixth overall by Pat, by Billy Bean to play baseball. Pat, I've seen tiny. you walk
0: around the ESPN studios in Bristol. <laughs> Pat, you, you're
2: Uwala. not moving like that. Sorry, he's tiny. you If you don't do it on the first attempt, it ain't gonna happen. And that's he's the tiny. thing, Pat. Is it Pat, theoretically possible?
1: Yes, but if it was, if anyone could just. Like It's hard for NFL quarterbacks on any given play to pick up 12 yards. That's a first down, right? Like You you think that you're going to with no NFL experience walk out onto a field and just happen to pick up
2: 12 yards on the first play? 100%. No, there's no way. (laughs) Max, I was was doing the Giants postgame this season, and I had the Week 17 game at MetLife against the Colts, and they trotted out Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles. And Nick Foles, that won a championship with the Eagles. Super Bowl neither MVP them, Nick Foles. N- neither of them threw for over 100 yards. Neither of them. Right. And Pat thinks he can throw for 10 yards? On one play. In the NFL? Basically on Stop one play. Yourself. He's
1: got about one play in him. Stop they- yourself. And you he- got
2: one play. You're not going to last multiple plays out there. You're not putting together a drive. Pat, you ever been on I, an NFL sideline? You ever been on an NFL sideline? I, I side we're giving line? way
0: too much credit. I just need to see Pat throw the ball first. Like, can he actually throw a tight spiral? That's I want to start there.
3: I'll drop, it, I'll drop it into a window. I'll be like Eli Manning on the Mar- Mario Manningham pass, drop right, it into right. a window on a fade down the field. it right. be great. Right. See, Pat, you have put gas you gas been on an Pat. NFL Pat. sideline? That's what I want to know. I have
1: not. All I can tell you about an NFL sideline, when you're watching it up close, forget about the speed and the size, which is absurd, right? It's not like they make nice, clean tackles and everything fits together, like, you know, a round hole peg in a round hole. It, nothing happens at a right angle. Everything's at an awkward angle. And after one play, you think, "How's anyone still walking? Like, I don't understand
2: how they're still walking." It's cortorol, Max. It's called Altram. Right, right. It's called lidocaine. Yeah. It's all the drugs we get shot up with before we take the field. That's right.
1: I mean, there's no and other it. explanation.
2: So my question, Kate, like, who who's my coordinator?
0: Does it matter? Like, who's, who, does it matter what play we call it? You can what take. Listen, Bill I know Walsh. you said you
2: wanted like Andy Reid or you Brian Dable or somebody, somebody to like that. Give me some tricky some stuff, pain. man. You know, easy yeah, that's first cool, read, easy second read. But yeah, see the problem that I have with what Pat said is he put too much gas on it. He said hey, it's not going to be a swing pass that's a shovel easy. or a screen. He has confidence that he can throw the ball down. He said twelve, Ain't no yards, way Not tell. He gave seven wow. wow.
3: extra two, two yards. You
0: know,
1: he throwing is a seven-yard
3: pass and the guy's Super picking up five yak. Picking up the first. I also fully believe I could hit a three pointer in an NBA game, so uh oh.
1: That's easier. Yeah. That's more realistic. That's so easier. Is,
0: so then my my question is, is the hardest thing to do as a non athlete or a non pro, I should say, is hitting a fastball? Is that the is that the, the the top of the top of things that most people can't do?
1: Yeah, it's because it's on. Yeah, it's hitting, hard to hitting, hit, hitting, hitting a
2: baseball.
4: Yeah, oh, hold yeah, on.
1: Best baseball. hitter in the world gonna miss most of the time. Hey Jay, you yeah, said hitting, hitting a baseball hit, pretty damn hard. But Jay, you
4: said hitting a three in a game is easy. I mean, Alan Hahn tried that against you and Key. Well, yeah, against but you, against you. And yeah, but throughout know, the course of an real.
0: NBA game, you're gonna get open looks. Like with the volume of possessions, you're gonna get a naked look, as we are called in the league, and, like, it, you'll have a chance to make it. So how, many, every Here's another thing, Jay, how many points how someone long does someone get then, Jay? How
1: long do, does does Pat stay on an NBA – like, you have to factor that in, too. You can't just leave him out there so he can try to hit a three because you're going to get slaughtered, Right. So
0: yeah, because he's a liability on right. The so what are you going to
1: put him in for? Twenty seconds at a time. You know how what I dare mean? You. One possession.
0: <laughs> I just want to see a pack. So can you make know it up my answer is well, no. You can't hit times. the three either. Yo-Kid's I do not play conditioning defense. is good enough to make it up and down the court. Jokic doesn't
4: play defense. He's out there. How many minutes? So I mean, Pat can do it.
0: This is what happens, Six-foot-11, yeah. you got, you got, <laughs> absurdly <laughs> skilled Jokic. It's called reckless speculation. This is what happens with fans when they is believe it, they can do it. I
1: think, hitting, I think hitting, period, is probably the hardest thing Is that the thing hardest to thing to do? It's not the catching most dangerous, up, obviously. But how about being
0: thing. a wide receiver catching the ball in the lights?
1: I think hitting, man, it's, it's the ball's coming in 60 feet away. Nowadays, close to 100 miles an hour with spin, different arm slots. Like, you got no shot. No shot. Like, there's no, there's no way. That's the hardest thing in sports? Well, it, it's hard because when you say hard, it's not it doesn't hurt like football. Not usually.
0: That's a like great point, a Max. scoring a bucket on LeBron, like, is that not as hard as hitting a baseball without being defended? Want to fight Deontay
2: Scoring Wilde? a bucket on LeBron is about as hard as watching watch a, watch a LeBron watch James,
1: watch James movie. Deontay KJM ESPN Radio.
0: Hey, yo!
2: Thanks for listening
0: to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio we yeah.